0: It's Two Brain Radio. Every week, we'll deliver top-shelf tactics to help you improve your fitness business and move you closer to wealth. And now, here's your host, the most interesting man in fitness, Chris Cooper. One of my favorite finds of 2016 so far has been ForeverFierce.com. I linked up with Matt several months ago at Forever Fierce and he had some fantastic ideas. And so he and I have put together a couple of packages that we think are really going to help CrossFit affiliates everywhere. Two Brain Mentoring clients use Matt almost exclusively. He's got fantastic designs and he takes all the work out of it. All that time that you spend searching the internet and Pinterest and junk like that for great CrossFit t-shirts, you don't have to do that anymore. Matt has designs for you. You can put your logo on one of his templates, which are fantastic, and your clients will never know the difference. It saves you so much time that you could be using on other things like real marketing. He'll also go so far as to remind you when it's time to reorder. He'll give you suggested order sizes. He'll help you set up pre-orders so you're not even fronting the cash for the inventory. It's all amazing stuff built to help affiliates. And that's why I love this guy and this company, ForeverFears.com. They do all the Catalyst shirts, all the Two Brain shirts, all the Ignite Gym shirts. They do everything for every business that I own. In 2012, I published Two Brain Business, Grow Your Gym. It took me over three years to write was mostly full of stories of screw-ups that I made and went on to become the best-selling book in fitness business history. One of the key takeaways from that book was something that I called the stratified model. And this is something that I'm questioned on almost every time I talk to an affiliate owner for the first time. The stratified model goes like this. You set your base price for CrossFit classes or personal training or whatever your core service is. And then you make other options available. So people don't get bored because they can take six-week powerlifting specialty classes or they can take a six-week Olympic lifting cycle or they can add nutrition or they can add personal training or open gym. On the other side of the coin, people aren't paying for anything they don't want. So instead of closing down a class at 7 p.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays so you can run your barbell club, it means that you add these things in the off times and people who really want them can pay a little bit more to get them but they're not subsidized by the people who just want CrossFit. Those people don't have to sacrifice anything and the people who want more can get more. The stratified model is now super popular. Almost every gym is running a core CrossFit program, which is the hub of their wheel, and they're offering these other things too. Even better, they understand that they have to charge other things for this, that a CrossFit membership pays for CrossFit classes and an Olympic lifting program, group, whatever you want to call it, should be paid another way. So where I was once getting questions and arguments even about charging extra for extra things, now I'm getting, well, I'm adding these extra things and I'm not charging enough. It's a great step. I think the next step is to take this from a passive process into an active process. And I'm talking now about a prescriptive model. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking with Brian Alexander, who owns a big gym in Chicago, CrossFit Illumin. CrossFit Illumin has about 220 members. By Headcount, it's not the biggest gym out there. But by ARM, combined with Headcount, it is one of the best gyms you're ever going to find. Brian is a mentor for twoBrainBusiness.com and he's also a great friend. I've been to CrossFit Illumin in Chicago. It's a fantastic gym. People love going there. If you visit, you'll probably buy three t-shirts because you won't be able to decide which one you want. Brian has fantastic branding, fantastic personality, and his clients follow his prescription. What is your duty as a coach? If you're a fitness coach, by definition, your job is to guide clients to fitness. And if we look at the CrossFit definition of fitness, we'll find that the first 20-odd words have to do with nutrition. The CrossFit pyramid has nutrition at its base, even before GPP, even before Fran, even before the long metcons or MRF or the intensity component. We have pay attention to what you eat. In fact, and I've said this before, if we followed verbatim the prescription for fitness that we find from Greg Glassman, we'd all be running nutrition coaching businesses with a power rack out the back parking lot. So what if we took this knowledge? And we started from scratch. The world was a blank slate. And somebody important to us, your mom, your sister, your daughter, walks up to us and says, how do I lose 30 pounds so that I don't become diabetic? What's the first advice you give her to somebody for whom money is not a problem because you're not going to be charging them? For somebody to whom you could give any advice in the world knowing it would save their life, what would you tell them? That is your duty as a coach to every client you have. So let's start with that blank slate. If someone needs to lose weight, if somebody needs to get off their diabetic meds maybe, or just lower their cholesterol, or solve their bad back problem, there are two sides of the coin they need to pay attention to. One, they need to be getting some physical exercise that focuses on compound lifts and short duration, but high intensity and constant variance. That's great. The other side of the coin is that they need to be able to follow a sustainable but effective nutrition strategy. We know both of these things to be true, that you can't out-exercise a bad diet, and you also can't out-eat a bad back. On one hand, you can cut down on the processed carbs and the sugars that you eat, but on the other hand, you can increase insulin sensitivity, and you can raise your basal metabolic rate by lifting weights, doing high-intensity interval training. They work together by necessity. And it's not one and then the other or one or the other. It's one and the other intertwined. I've often said that my favorite thing about CrossFit is that it makes you eat better. Because if you eat like garbage and then do a workout, you'll throw up. It's a great lesson in responsibility and accountability, even when you don't want to be. But eventually, somebody needs more. And a newcomer seeking the best, most optimal path to fitness should hear about the best possible path that exists to them. Money should not be a filter that's placed over that path. We should describe the best possible path before we talk about the price, before we think about the price, before we project their reaction to the price onto them. We should think about what does this client need? And this is also my duty as a coach. A few podcast episodes ago, I said that the gap between good gyms and bad gyms was widening. That there are fewer gyms that are just kind of mediocre, hanging out in the middle. This is my empirical observation after taking about a thousand phone calls, literally, with gym owners over the last several years. And I said that one of the things that separates these gyms is that there's a consultation of some sort that happens before anybody does anything. There's no free trial class, or maybe there is, but maybe we want to talk to you a little bit to make sure that what we're trying to sell you is actually in line with what you want and what you need. One of the reasons that personal training and fitness and group class coaches aren't taken seriously by other healthcare professionals is because we have no equivalent to the first do no harm ethos of the physician. Nowhere have we all stacked our hands on Bibles, spit into a cup, cut our palms and press them together and sworn that we will not sell somebody something they don't need. We won't prescribe something that won't hurt them. We won't turn this whole saving your life thing into a sales business. That's wrong. The consultative process changes that because it says to a client, let's talk about you and let's forge a plan together also known as a prescription. Now, if you read that first book, Two Brain Business, thank you, by the way, and I'm sorry that there's still no table of content, you'll have read about something that we call the no sweat intro. I am a hack behaviorist. I didn't go to school for behavior sciences, but I study it because of my involvement in the Ignite program. And just that's what I'm interested in. That's my favorite science. And so several years ago, we changed our approach to intake from one of sales to one of changing behavior and habits. And that's when we created Bright Spots. Bright Spots was actually stolen from Chip and Dan Heath of Harvard University and George Lowenstein of Carnegie Mellon University and smushed together to apply for fitness. Outside the fitness world, this is commonly used with drug addicts to help them get off hard drugs like heroin. It's commonly used with cult breakers to get them out of the mindset that they're going to catch the spaceship on September 9th. It's September 9th today. You're not going to catch it. Bright Spots is super powerful because it addresses the emotional reasons that people make big changes like exercise and like nutrition strategies. But lately, Technology has become so powerful that we'd be crazy to ignore it. And if you've listened to the, the podcast episodes called Technology Part 1 and Technology Part 2, you'll hear me talk about some of those recent adaptations that are coming up that we can actually use in our gyms. Some of them I adapted way back then, you know, six months ago. Some of them I've already discarded, but some of them are very useful because they help us change a behavior. So the new No Sweat intro looks like this. We start with the client sitting down. There's a consultation before anything else happens. Before I can say, come and sample my steak, I need to know that they're a carnivore. I need to know that they want to eat steak and how they like it cooked. So I'm going to sit and talk to them. I wrote this process in my book, Help First. It's also in Two Brain Business 2.0. So if I don't go step by step, you'll have to forgive me here, but you can find those books on Audible and on amazon.com. In the old model of bright spots intake, we would talk about what makes you more comfortable. Now, we're going to change that a little bit. We're going to use objective data to show them what they actually need and then say, what's the best method, the most comfortable method? What method are you best suited to to achieve this? So let's walk through it. A new client comes in, she's named Mrs. Jones. And I say, Mrs. Jones, tell me about yourself. What brings you to Catalyst or what brings you to Ignite? And she tells me her story and I make a big show of taking notes. She says her dog died when she was 12 and I write that down because that's important to her. And somewhere along the line, she finally says, and I need to lose 30 pounds. So I'll say, what are you already doing right? And we'll start from there because it's important that Mrs. Jones sees herself as already moving in the same direction as me. That this isn't the start of her journey that she's already three or four steps along the course. And then I'll say, Mrs. Jones, what's the first clue you will have that we are being successful? What, in other words, will tell you that we're starting to lose weight? Before the scale moves, what will you feel inside? Will you have more energy? Will your pants fit better? Will somebody comment that the jowls on your cheeks seem a little bit tighter? This is the point now where I'm going to introduce an objective measurement. My favorite thing about CrossFit is that it's objectively measurable and repeatable. And we owe that to Greg's dad, who's a rocket scientist. This is the nature of science. If we can take a process and make it repeatable and give objective, measurable data that stays consistent over time, now we've got something. We can prove that our method works. So I'm going to say, Mrs. Jones, let's see where you're starting from and take some kind of measurement. Now this could be a skinfold caliper, if you're an old school guy like me who's been doing this for 20 years. It could be a fancy body fat scale if you believe in that technology. We're using the sculpt in some gyms, the in-body in others. You could do an immersion tank if you have one of those at your back and call, although I doubt it. You want something that you can do on the spot, takes less than 10 minutes, but will still produce an objective, measurable, reproducible result. In other words, you don't need accuracy, but you do need consistency. So we take this measure and we say, okay, Mrs. Jones, based on what you've told me about your likes and dislikes in history, and based on what this data shows, I recommend, and at this point, you're making a prescription. Mrs. Jones, I recommend three days a week of high-intensity interval training with some strength training mixed in, and a sustainable nutrition plan. If you're looking at some kind of data at this point, if you're looking at a screen if you're looking at a printout, this is going to help you a lot because Mrs. Jones is going to believe in you. For one reason, you can't show her a printout from across the desk. You have to sit side by side. And so it's you and Mrs. Jones against the printout. Or you can show her on a screen and it's you and Mrs. Jones standing side by side and facing that screen. That technology that Mrs. Jones knows could never be wrong because technology is infallible, right? Now we've made our prescription. We are the expert who has said three times a week working out in a sustainable food plan. There's no arguing with that. It's just the way it is. It's what she needs. Now we start talking about the implementation of that prescription. And this is where the variance comes in. Mrs. Jones, to do these three workouts a week, I have a couple of options for you. And maybe you present two. Would you rather do this one-on-one with me or would you rather do this in a group? And if she chooses group, of course, that's CrossFit. And if she chooses one-on-one, of course, that's CrossFit one-on-one. If she chooses remote programming, or if she chooses to hire a running coach, or if she chooses to get a job as a dog walker, whatever, she's still following your prescription. I'm not going to go further into that process right now. What I'm trying to impress upon you, though, is how important this actually is to client retention. Because you can't coach somebody merely by standing in front of a class waiting for them to come in and telling them to snatch. You coach somebody by finding out what's important to them, where they want to go, and then showing them the best path to get there. That is coaching. How you deliver your nutrition plan, how you deliver your CrossFit, how you take your coffee, that is up to you, my friend. All of that is secondary. The important part here is the prescription. The next most important part is remeasurement and follow-up. So, you've made your prescription. Is that a lifetime prescription or will things change? Is it your duty as a coach, as Brian Alexander, my guest today, believes, to follow up frequently with the client, make sure they're on the best path, and if they're not, suggest a better one? I think even if you're used to group training and you're after you know, a high client model where you've got 300, 400 clients, if you want to keep those clients, you can't just assume that they're going to find their way on their own, that they're going to self-validate, that they're going to set their own goals, track their own progress, make sure that they get there and be happy when they're not. They're not going to find their own solutions. They're, that's why they're coming to you as a coach. Now, 90% of the people listening to this podcast, maybe even you, are probably going to say, man, that's way too much work. You know, For what I make, I can't afford to be spending all this time with my clients, even 15 minutes per client once a month, man, that would take me like a week. And that's fine, don't do it. The top 10% of you listening who are seeing the opportunity here are now asking themselves, what's the best, most effective way to implement this and how do I measure success? If until this point, you haven't done goal setting with your clients, if you have no idea what their actual goal is, and you might be feeling kind of sheepish right now. Even that's okay. We can start with a goal review. So you'll ask your clients to come in for a goal review. I suggest starting with your top ten. If you don't know who to pick, listen to the podcast on identifying your seed clients with Mike McCallowitz. Sit them down for fifteen minutes. Ask them, "What are you most proud of achieving in the last three months? What is the next domino to fall for you? What's your next achievement going to be?" And finally. What's your overall goal? How has that changed since you started? Then we roll right into the assessment and prescription. Mrs. Jones, let's see where you're starting from. I'm going to take a body fat assessment of you. Now, Mrs. Jones, based on what you've told me and based on the results of this test that are displayed in front of you here on this screen, here's what I recommend. You can keep doing exactly what you're doing. You can keep coming to class. You can keep doing our paleo challenges every couple of months if you want to. Or just like trying to cut out gluten or whatever. But if you're tempted, Mrs. Jones, to speed the process up or you're not perfectly satisfied with your results so far, here's what I recommend. A personal training session every second week to make sure that we're doing the optimal workouts. A sustainable nutrition plan in which we have an accountability metric where you're sending me your nutrition logbook twice a month or you're sending me pictures of yourself twice a month, or we remeasure you once or twice a month, whatever that is, we make a prescription. Try it with your top 10 clients. If three out of 10, upgrade their membership. Take the better path. Choose the more efficient option. That's proof of concept, and you should do it with everyone. This occurred to Brian Alexander at CrossFit Illumin over a year ago. In January 2015, he realized that he had to do this. And so he set out with his little spreadsheet and he sent everybody a link and you know he made these little appointments and he made it through 30 of his 180 members at the time before he realized this is going to kill me and I hate it. He also realized that just printing everybody's results and goals on a spreadsheet and then putting it in a file was not going to help. He'd just be too scared to open up the file for fear of making work. So he found a better way. By November, he had discovered Lifetick software. And this podcast is not a pitch for Lifetick by any means. But Brian used that as a tool, and there are other tools out there. The point is that he understood his responsibility as a gym owner, coach, and icon to these people. And he went to them one by one. Facebook messaged them all. Here you go. Here's a link. Get yourself on my calendar. Let's do a goal review. What can he do with that knowledge? Well, Next time he's got an Olympic weightlifting program going for eight weeks, he can look at the people who want to improve their snatch and say, hey guys, you should sign up for this. I think you'd like it. Next time there's a competition, he can search for people who want to compete or push themselves mentally and say, hey, you should think about doing this. Next time he's running a nutrition challenge or just rolling out a new nutrition accountability program, he can go to everybody who has an aesthetic goal and say, hey, it's May. By July, you're going to see some great results from doing this. I think you should sign up for this. In other words, he can coach them. Here's Brian Alexander. Thanks for having me, Chris. My pleasure, brother. So a year ago, January, you know, you got the first idea to start going one-on-one back to your athletes and doing some goal-setting stuff. What What made you want to do that?
1: So, you know, where that all started was, one, you know, when we first opened CrossFit was my wife and myself, much like most other new every individual athlete, all of their needs, all of their limitations, all of their goals, you know, hopes and dreams, just like everybody else. And much like other affiliate owners, we grew rapidly. And uh, over the, the first year, we ended up, you know, having about 150 members after being open for about a year and really started losing touch with quite a few Athletes as we're going through this and bringing on more coaches, working on the business more, you know, being out on the floor less. Um, And it came to a, a point where we had a little over 200 members at our new location in January of 2015. I just felt very disconnected from from our members and I didn't know, you know, everyone's individual goals. So I decided I wanted to do something. I didn't know how I was going to accomplish it. So I set out with a, uh, a spreadsheet, a Google, a Google Doc, a list of all of my active members and uh, with all the best intentions, kicked it off. Something that stuck with me from one of our coaches now who was a member then is whatever you do, make sure whatever you, you implement, you follow through with, right? Yeah. Um, and it's something I learned the hard way through spreadsheets. I learned that I was the, the failure point. And uh, if I couldn't keep up with it, and I know myself, once there's a spreadsheet and it's filed away in a folder, it's really difficult for me to open that folder back up because I'm on to 10 other new things. So that was January of 2015. It failed miserably. I got a good you know, 30 members that I interviewed and just no follow through. Moving into 2016, uh, it was about November of 2016. I was, I was thinking about this all year. I, I asked myself, like, how can I just make this easier? How can I make it more efficient? How can I automate things? Um, that's when I kind of looked into LifeTick goal setting tracking software that helps you with the automation. And it wasn't until then that I decided to to give it my second go.
0: Okay, man. So I'm not going to dwell on that first round because you didn't like the outcome, but <laughs> I really want to get into like the fine details of how you did it. What did the what questions were you asking these people? Uh, how you were using LifeTick and all that stuff, man. So first off, you know, November you decide to go after this again, and you say, "I'm going to do this differently this time." So how did you approach members with this?
1: Um, So, you know, I had to hype it up again. I had to kind of walk back with my tail between my legs and and admit failure from the year before. Um, Most didn't remember it. So a a bias in my head was the the fear of kind of walking back into it. But I knew that this time around, I had to stick with it. So I I built a lot of hype around goal setting, um, talking about how important it was. I talked about my history within CrossFit and having the, the, I guess, The mindset to set small goals along the way to larger goals. And I noticed that a lot of people didn't do that. They were kind of just coming in. They would maybe PR, maybe not, but a lot of people needed direction and kind of setting goals and, you know, a little accountability to say, you know, at a certain point, Hey, why am I not back squatting 300 pounds yet? We can look back at their actions and say, well, did you attend your normal three times per week or, or four times per week. And we can look at their attendance history or, you know, how are you eating? Can I help you with your nutrition and all of that? So as we rolled this thing out, the, the basic, you know, layout of what we did, we got LifeTick goal setting and tracking software. I ran a report of all of my active members. I literally Facebook messaged everybody with a link to Acuity. I actually have a schedule once at that time before you uh, showed me the the light with Acuity and <laughs> You know, basically said, hey, I really want to sit down with you, learn about your goals and help you get there a little faster. And there was a huge response. I understood that doing this with over 200 people was a, an enormous undertaking logistically. But from my standpoint, it was my way of you know reinserting myself into the business, but also uh, a retention strategy for, for the business as well.
0: Okay, man. So uh, how long did it take you? How long were the interviews?
1: <laughs> it took me about three months to get through my uh, all of my members. And what I did is I began to go ahead and in the beginning, we talked about quarterly goals. So that was the goal in the beginning for myself was meet with everybody quarterly. And again, a huge undertaking. But what I did was schedule through Acuity and I, I made them reschedule their next go around when I had them on site. Um and that kind of helped with the the flow of getting them to redo this in three months without having to kind of rebuild all of the hype, you know, do a lot of the legwork
0: myself. Okay, man. So, you know, you had it took you three months. What were you saying to these people when you're actually sitting in front of them?
1: You know, the basic conversation was how are things going? I have a, a goal setting and tracking sheet that I have them fill out that gave me a, a basic history of, you know, what kind of diets have they tried? Um which specialty programs of CrossFit Eliminate have they done? How long have they been a member? You know, or how long have they been involved in fitness? So we have this, this three-page goal-setting sheet. That was the first part of it that you only have to really do once to kind of get an idea of what uh, the background is. Yeah. And then we ask them, we only want you to focus on three short-term goals uh, and one long-term goal every time we meet. Um, we don't want people getting goal ADD. Another thing that we noticed is when people come in on on Sundays, we offer open gym. People come in without a plan and they're here for like three hours and get nothing done. So we wanted to say specific, measurable, attainable, the smart methodology of goal setting, right? If, it, if you're from the corporate world, you're probably familiar with that. And uh, it really worked well. It forced them to kind of sit back and and ask themselves, like, why am I here? What do I want to get out of this? And people were were really kind of uh, taken to setting those short term goals and then figuring out if there is a long term goal, whether it be run a marathon, it could be, you know, lose 100 pounds, whatever the goal was, I didn't want to, I didn't want to sway their, their opinion of what they wanted to accomplish. So I kind of let them just talk.
0: Okay, that's great, man. So then you've got this three page document. How do you get that into LifeTick?
1: So from there, um... We, we have our, one of our coaches and admins who is in charge of all of our goal-setting input. A little cumbersome you know, process. I could probably knock out one step, but it works for now. Um, she would take the sheets with the goal-setting, with all of the short-term goals, long-term goals, and she would enter them into LifeTick. She would set tasks based on those goals. So within the, the goal-setting interview, I would talk about you know, all of our offerings, whether it's, you know, if they wanted to improve their snatch, I would say, Hey, we have a few options here. You could either do one-on-one PT, have a six week level one Olympic lifting course that you could take, or we can give you a few, you know, small tidbits of, of direction. And we could do this during open gym on Sundays. Number three would probably take you a little longer to get to your goal, but you know, we give people three choices and, Within the LifeTick software, you're able to assign tasks specific to each goal, um, and you're also able to set due dates, you know, put in commentary, all of that. So we developed a, a kind of key of sorts. Whatever their goal was, we linked up with some of the, the more well-known, more well-respected people out there, like Carl Paoli for gymnastics, Ryan DeBell for any kind of movement fixes or mobility-type stuff. And then some some Catalyst videos for weightlifting. So we've compiled this like three-page word doc full of movement standards, videos, et cetera, that we link on to their specific goals. And then we follow up with information on our specialty programs or our PT or, or nutrition programs. So they kind of have many different options to go depending on what their budget is and, you know, how badly they want to achieve their goal and, and kind of like what their what their preferred learning environment
0: is. So when you say you assign tasks, do you mean to other coaches?
1: So to the athlete uh, specifically. Okay.
0: So who follows up with them and and like how often?
1: So every three months was the original outset so we can sit down and and tackle their goals. If they accomplish their goal um, within the Leipzig software, they're actually able to check that off. And me as the coach, I get to see if they've done it or not. And a lot of people get in a good habit of, you know, sending me an email or checking it off on on LifeTick saying, hey, I've reached this goal. I want to go ahead and send another one. And it could be before that three months is up.
0: Is there any value in saying like, hey, coaches follow up with everybody every three months or six months or anything like that?
1: I think there is. Absolutely. We didn't get to that point yet. But within LifeTick software, you can actually assign specific coaches to specific groups of athletes. So that's one option. I know me and you have talked a lot about maybe having one person manage that entire process and be yeah. the, the goal mentor, if you will. Yeah. And that's uh-huh. that's the route we kind of chose uh, currently. Okay.
0: okay, that's cool, man. So after you did this, what result did you see?
1: A lot more engagement, a, a lot more direction, especially during our little open gym times on Sunday. But also it was able to drive, drive home more signups for our specialty programs. The challenge I have is we've grown so quickly and we do so much in terms of events and specialty programs and you name it, right? It's almost like we have too much going on, which is uh, at the detriment of of actually getting the word out because there's so much noise with what we have going on. It's really difficult to communicate the, the important stuff. So being able to sit down with these people and and really like paint their path of saying, Hey, if you really want to get better, at muscle ups, this is you know this is what you want to do. Let me know if that's something you, you're interested in.
0: So, what about like increased ARM? Was there any other you know measurable metric that we can be pointing to to say this is worth the time of every affiliate owner? So there,
1: there's tangible and intangible, right? right. Um, the tangible would be the the direct relation to your arm. Yeah. Through specialty programs, you know, it's I guess it's difficult to say if the people would have signed up or not if we did this or if we didn't do it because our specialty programs are rocking and rolling already. So, you know, in, in my eyes, it is an insurance program to keep those things going. But number two, the intangible is retention, right? People want to feel the love in a bigger gym like CrossFit Illumin. It's, it's very difficult. We have 16 coaches, amazing people. They're all, you know, they all represent CrossFit Illumin in the best light, but people still fell in love with CrossFit and brought into myself and my wife, Charlene. There's that, that weird disconnect of, you know, our coaches are amazing, but still like a lot of people signed up and were coached initially by, by coach Brian. So they, I think they really appreciate that the owner takes time, even if it's 15 minutes every three months, just to sit down with them and say, thanks for being a member. You know, what are your goals? How can I help you get there
0: faster? That's great, man. So, on a scale of one to 10, where 10 is, it is the affiliate's duty to do this with their clients. Uh, And a one is like, well, you know, if you got time, this is one more thing that you can try. Where would you rank sitting down and doing these goal setting sessions one on one?
1: I would definitely put this at an eight or a nine without a doubt. And if you're doing all of the things you should be doing as an affiliate owner, you should have cleared plenty of bandwidth to focus on. Higher level tasks, and, and I don't even consider this a task. I mean, this is this is a necessity. It's a high level necessity for the owner or somebody in charge to do this. Uh, if you want to differentiate yourself from the five to ten other gyms in your area, and, and that was one of the re- main reasons why I I really dove headfirst into this is because even though I knew it, it was a ton of work, logistically it was going to be a, a, a nightmare to figure out. I knew that nobody else would do this from a a competition standpoint, whether it be affiliate owners or global gyms or you name it. So it sets us apart and it's another just enormous differentiator for us.
0: Okay, man, last question. And speaking of setting you apart, you and I have talked before about like the the apparent polarization of gyms. Now you've got the great gyms are becoming really excellent. The mediocre gyms could get really good or they, they could actually get really bad. But there are fewer and fewer gyms in the middle now, right? It seems like there's great gyms and there's kind of poor gyms. Is this one of the things that if I wanted to make that the jump over the growing chasm of okay to great, is this something that I should be looking at?
1: I think so. Absolutely. This is just one of of a few things, but it's the the evolution of of where things are headed. Um, And and you're right. The cream is rising to the top. Greg Glassman kind of uh, predicted that model, right? And and supports it. And this is one way to get there. There's many other things you have to be doing, but this is something that you you have in your control that you should take advantage of. I love it.
0: Thank you, Brian. Absolutely. All right. What Brian just said might have scared you even more. Going through this process took months because he had never done goal setting with all of his clients before that. But he realized that his job as a coach was to know his clients' goals and coach them to reach them. So he did it anyway. You might be in for a little bit of pain if you decide to do this. And again, 90% of you won't. That's fine. But if you listen to the podcast called What's Your Done Bar on Food for Thought Friday, and if you believe that you can make a fantastic living at this off 150 clients with a high ARM, then this is one of the most important strategies you're going to follow. This is the strategy that a lot of the huge gyms, a lot of the busiest gyms, the best gyms with the smartest owners are actually starting to follow now. I can name you gyms on the East Coast and the West Coast who are moving to this model where the coach, the gym owner, or the joy girl, or the GM is the hub of the client experience. And every three months, they talk to the client update their prescription, just like a doctor or a healthcare professional would, and the client goes on their way. Some of you might recognize this as the opportunity for an upsell, and I urge you not to think of it that way. Even though about 30 to 40% of clients will wind up purchasing a higher value service than they had before the goal review or the consultation, it shouldn't be viewed as just an opportunity to increase revenue. It should be seen as the best opportunity to help more. Now, on the other side of the money coin, this feeling that you're trying to sell more to the client might paralyze coaches. It might stop you from doing the best thing you can do for your clients. And so here's what I recommend you do. Pretend for a moment that your service is free, that you're not charging anything, that you're just giving out free advice to your mom, your sister, your aunt. What would you tell them? If this client walked up to you while you were on the beach a thousand miles from home and you could never help them as a client, what advice would you give them? If there was no money about to cross hands, what is the best thing you can say that will change their life? Tell them that. We'll worry about the money part later. Even if later is 30 seconds from now, whatever, we'll deal with it. It's your job as a coach, your responsibility as a healthcare professional, to make the best possible prescription for the client. If they can't afford it, they'll tell you and you'll offer them something else, a plan B, a second best, a scaled down version. If they can't afford that, you'll go to plan C, something to get them started so that you can prove to them that this is going to work and will move them up over time to the best plan for them. If somebody is about to quit because they're just not getting it or they're getting injured, or maybe you haven't seen them in two weeks. Or they asked to put their membership on hold for the summer. Invite them to a goal review. And ask them how your service can change to accommodate their new threshold. You're going away for the summer? How can I change my service to match what you can do now? What can you do in a hotel? Maybe I can do remote programming. You're going to be on a beach. Let me call the CrossFit gym owner that I know that's 2 miles from that beach and pay your membership for 2 months while you're going there and still leaving your membership here on auto bill. If you're talking regularly to your clients like this, taking time out to talk about their goals one-on-one in private in a professional way, you will find a way to keep them. They will find an excuse to stay instead of looking for an excuse to quit. As one last analogy, I want you to consider this. What we're prescribing to people can replace a lot of medicine, a lot of injury, a lot of disease down the road. That's beyond dispute. The amount of disease we can prevent is open to interpretation. Maybe people will eventually become type 2 diabetic on their own. Maybe not. Maybe we'll need things to enhance insulin sensitivity as we age anyway, but maybe not. Maybe we can just put that off for 10 years. Whatever it is, we have a significant outcome on people's health. That is beyond debate. Is what we do as important as what a doctor does? I think so. Why aren't we paid as much as a doctor? Urgency. Nobody needs their personal trainer right now at 9.32 p.m. on a Thursday night because they feel a fat mass starting in the lower quadrant of their triceps. In the words of Greg Glassman, it's like swim coaches and lifeguards. Everybody needs a swim coach to avoid the lifeguard, but eventually, when you need a lifeguard, only the lifeguard will do. That doesn't mean that we are worth less than a physician. It doesn't mean that a fitness coach has to earn less money than a physician, or be less happy, or drive a crummy car, or work a 15-hour day. The difference is primarily mindset and the way that we conduct ourselves, Think about last time you went to a dentist. You were placed in a chair one-on-one. The dentist said, you're going to need a molar pulled, or you're going to need a cavity filled. Did you argue that prescription and say, you're wrong. I've seen the x-rays. That's not a cavity. Your finger was over the slide. Or do we say, oh boy, what's that going to cost? And then you start thinking about how to pay for it. Now, what if you were in a dental group? And you were sitting in a classroom and the dentist said, okay, let's floss together, everybody. Here's what you do. You wind the floss around your fingertip and then you put this finger back in your mouth and this finger in front of your teeth and you go up and down and in and out like this. And you started going to that class over and over and over. And eventually you just kind of got it. We trust the dentist because they're making a one-on-one appointment to evaluate our teeth, not the average tooth decay rate in the room. If I were in a dental group, and every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I went to this group, and she taught me how to floss better, how to brush better, how to use different tools better. But still, she said, every three months, Chris, it's time for your checkup. And then she said, you know, I want you in a different group, maybe a more advanced group, people who can floss with the number three thread group, who have big gaps in their teeth group, or maybe who have false teeth group. Because she's making that prescription for me, I'm not going to say... I don't know, doc, doesn't sound right to me. I'm going to say, how much does it cost? Because I want to know how much I can pay for it. That's kind of a funny analogy. But the reason it's funny is because it's an unfamiliar model. Nowhere else in the healthcare industry are people treated as a group. When they're treated as a group or in a group setting, there is still an individualized prescription behind it. As my friend, Dr. Philip Carlisle, owner of Spinal Fit has shown me down in his Spinal Fit class in Georgia, people can operate in a group setting with a one-on-one prescription. If you think of every one of your clients as an individual requiring a slightly different exercise and nutrition prescription from the person next to them, you'll see them slightly differently. Maybe some of them need more from you. Maybe some of them need less. Maybe you can only treat 150 at a time and all of that is okay. What that means is that you're a professional. What it means is that you can charge professional rates. What it means is that you're a coach. Have a great week.